0: I was too frightened to speak up, too frightened to ask for help. I was too, too macho dominated in my own, in my own self that I didn't feel that I felt that I was coping with stuff when really it was just eating me away inside.
1: Hi, welcome to the Burnt Chef Journal, a podcast hosted by myself, Chris Hall, the founder of the Burnt Chef Project, where we talk to hospitality professionals about their life in hospitality, culture, mental health and just have open and frank, honest conversations about mental health and where we see the future of hospitality going. Today's guest is Adam Simmons, who is not only an ambassador for the Burn Chef Project, but a good friend of mine as well. Uh, join us on this conversation as we discuss all things mental health, well-being, culture, management, training, and just discuss the future of hospitality. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, Adam. Thanks for joining me on the Burnt Chef Journal. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, not a problem at all. Thanks for being a part of this. It's uh, you and I have known each other for quite some time ever since lockdown number one, and yeah. uh, you know, you've been you've been well. We speak almost weekly now, don't we?
0: Yeah.
1: About all things where we put the worlds to rights on such a regular basis, and uh, you, you know, you've been part of the staff canteen chaps with us as well. So it's good to have you involved and um, for those who perhaps, I mean anyone out there who may be unfamiliar with Adam, firstly just have a quick Google and you'll find out but um, Adam just explain to those who perhaps don't know uh, who you are, just who you are and and where you've come from sir.
0: So uh, um, uh, I've been in the industry for 30 years. I started as a pot wash many many years ago Um, and and I worked through the ranks um, working in some of the the great hotels in London uh, and also some great restaurants. Um, I suppose I finished my, my learning at the memoir. That's that was what I cast as my finishing school. Um, And then from there I took my first head chef's job um, and thereafter subsequently received many accolades and I've met some great people. I've done some, uh, I did great British menu twice in 2013 and 2014 And a few other bits and pieces like that I've done. So I've been fortunate enough to meet people around the world and go and cook around the world. So it's been a massive, um, well, not massive, but the industry has been very good to me um, in many ways. And I love it. And it's a great industry to be in for the best part.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you and I have spoken quite a bit, haven't we, about how we yeah, the Burnt Chef project is here to encourage people to open up and challenge the perceptions of stigma around mental health and workplace cultures. But it's also here to bolster the industry and make it stronger and make it a better industry for people to get involved with. You know, And we've spent a lot of time talking about students and colleges and how we end up encouraging uh, those to consider hospitality as a profession, really, haven't we?
0: No, it's very true you know it's a, it, for me now a lot of it is about you know being able to to look at the industry and say where where does it need to change how can we change it and allow the youngsters to come in in a different environment to what <clears throat> i suppose i came in that um yeah, l- like i've said in number a number of times it is a fantastic industry and it's an industry that i love very much and that i wouldn't have done it if i if i didn't enjoy it for 30 years um but things do need to change as we, as you and I have spoken about. Um, but that change is going to be a slow process uh, and the students is, is one of the things where we're looking to start.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing that I'm finding a bit of resistance with at the moment is, and, and perhaps you can shed some light on this, especially with your experience within the industry, is yeah. a lot of the, the longer standing members of hospitality, perhaps chefs who have been in the game for quite some time and look at this going, I don't understand this whole movement, it doesn't make any sense to me, I can't really subscribe to this. Um, you know, how do, we, how do we appeal to those sort of, those older individuals who perhaps have been in the game for 30, 40, 50 years, who perhaps don't understand the benefits of talking openly about mental health and workplace culture?
0: I, d- I think it's, it, it's a massive shift. And I think um, the industry does need to change in, a, in quite a substantial way you know, the culture within the industry, the working hours, you know, the way it's perceived is that it's a hostile environment. And and yes, I suppose that still, well, not I suppose, but that does exist in some kitchens, you know, and it's about how we we as an industry need to change that culture and that perception of what, of what the industry is like. But we can only do it when we're all doing it from the same, or we're all singing from the same hymn sheet, I think. You know, if a few people are doing it, then that, those kitchens are, are better places. But by the same token, if we're not all doing it and we're not all saying, right, okay, we need to put a stake in the ground today and look to change it. You know, mental health is such a big thing in our industry. And it's in a, it comes in a number of sh- shapes and sizes. But, you know, it's about as an as a business owner or an employer, you, you can recognise that and that you don't try and drive your staff into the ground and that you give them a work-life balance. And, and from that, and looking to invest in them, then you'll get so much more out of them in the long term. Not only that, it cuts down; uh, it takes a substantial cost out of your business as well by having to recruit all the time, train consistency. The whole thing goes hand in hand for me.
1: Massively. So I was. I'm um, planning on putting out an article uh, in January. Yeah. Focusing on 2021 being the year of retention. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at some facts and figures, and obviously with Brexit happening now, we are finding that there's a mass exodus of our European working force who are now heading home because of, you know, not only Brexit, but also the wages uh, are starting to normalise over in their native countries. So what we are looking, as we as we know, is hospitality is heavily bolstered by, um, you know, migrant and immigrant workers who are looking for positions within the UK. And... They are the life force of of hospitality. You know, they keep it keep it ticking over. So it is going to leave a massive gap, which will need filling, and it will need filling with you know domestic domestic people, people within the UK. Uh, but how do we do? How do we go about doing that in an industry where you know turnover rates uh, are double what they are in other industries, and you know how do we go about encouraging? people want to stay or go about encouraging business owners to modify their cultures and what does that look like do you think
0: i think i think it uh, first of all yes it's now now's a great opportunity for for us to breed not breed but to bring on local talent within the uk you know obviously it's going to be difficult with the freedom of movement for people to come and work and for people to go and work abroad. So, it's in, you know, like you've just said, I think it's important that we can bring those guys on and encourage new people to come into the industry. I think, for me, it starts with the colleges and how and how you you then show that the youngsters that it's not such a, a bad environment as people perceive it to be. You know, the other thing is that people want... The youngsters, they also want because of the way that chefing has been portrayed as in it's quite the other side of it is it's quite glamorous with that there are pitfalls for sure you know like the TV stuff and, and the youngsters don't want to work they don't, they don't want to start at the bottom they just want all that fame and glory there are dangers like I've just said to that fame and glory for sure so it's about people learning their profession and how we as an industry can embrace them bring them on Train them, you know, give them apprenticeships. Maybe apprenticeships need to come back.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, uh, as a form of, uh, you know, um, for me that that's probably the potential way of getting people into the industry um, and and seeing what it's like, you know, and giving them a solid platform to be able to to go on and to to progress in the industry. Um, I think I think that. You know, like we've discussed and, and we're looking to do to go into the colleges, you know, it's about giving them an insight to say, yes, mental health is around us, but it's OK to talk about it. And I think that's that's the fundamental thing is that, yes, it's, you know, the likelihood of somebody suffering from mental health is, is quite high, but it's about being able and, and accepting that, yes, you you may go through that, but you have the right channels in order to be able to talk about it. And that there is no shame in talking about it, and it takes a greater person to discuss it and to be open about it than to hide it and then the repercussions of what may come from that.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think it's oh um, yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. Like ultimately, recognizing the signs of it and being able to navigate it a lot earlier is likely to be better for the individuals, but also obviously the, the workforce in general. Um, I mean, just on that particular subject of yourself, can you talk a little bit about your your own personal experience with regards to poor periods of mental mental health, and perhaps any advice or or anything that you've learned throughout your journey that would be useful to others?
0: Yeah, mental m- mental health is. I, I, I've suffered from it quite substantially in in a various in various guises. I can't say, you know, we we were discussing just before this about whilst i suppose i let me go back a step step you know i suffered from addiction um and it got really bad at one point or it got really bad it was like a case of well how did i get from a to b and it got so bad and that i that i hit my rock bottom from that i i found, i knew that i needed to get help but i think the addiction was also from within me it wasn't whilst I was masking what was going on within my own thoughts and my own business, uh, or whatever you want to call it, it was a case of, you know, whilst there was those struggles going on in my head, I think the addiction was within me. It wasn't necessarily because I couldn't... That's something that I've learned through going through, through recovery, is that the addiction... will uh, Yes, I could say it was created by the industry, but was it really? I don't I don't know as if it was. I suppose that it had a kick catalyst to start it. But I don't know if it was the was the the be all and end all. I suppose if I wasn't under the pressure that I was under, I didn't want to mask my feelings or that I couldn't speak about it, like I said before, for the staff canteen. You know, it was about if I'd known what I know now and been able to speak up about it, maybe I wouldn't have been in the situation that I was in or got myself into. So I think, it, whilst I'm saying it's not the industry, it, there's a percentage of it that does play a part. You know, because there was it was a macho-dominated environment, and I suppose it still is. And and I had no release, or I couldn't speak up. I didn't know how to say, "Fuck, I'm in trouble here. How do? What do I need to do to get out of this?" You know, I couldn't even speak to family or friends about it. I suppose there was a shame, I don't suppose, there was a shame involved in it. And then slowly but surely you get on the hamster's wheel and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Now, whatever that addiction is or whatever you're feeling, I cannot stress enough how important it is to talk about it. You know, if I, like I've said, and I continue to say, if I'd known what I know now and I had the ability to speak up to open my mouth and say, I need help. I'm struggling because of X, Y, and Z, then I may not have been in that situation. But I found myself in that situation and I knew that I needed to get help. And I and I phoned the CA help line and, and that's how my journey then started. It's not easy every day, it's not easy. And I don't live and I like I said, a pink fluffy cloud every day. <laughs> but I do my best. I do my best every day to to combat what I'm going through, I write stuff down. You know, I've got a mind journal that, that arrived today that I'm going to start for next year. There's little bits and pieces that I do. Exercise is important. Admittedly, I haven't been able to do a lot of that lately um, because of work. But I know now that I need that certain things in my life I need to do and continue on a daily basis. Otherwise, I know that I'm just going to go wallop.
1: Yeah. And you and I, over the first lockdown, I think we put ourselves a little challenging, didn't we? We were going to do the P90X, <laughs> which um, it soon fizzled out. But, you know, I think it's it's um, it's a good thing that to use the uh, competitive nature of hospitality and, and just the way that we are as people to actually say, here's something that's good. You know, it's not how many pints can you knock back or how long can you work? It's actually flipping that on its head and saying, well, actually come on in you fat sod let's go and do 5k and or let's go and go for a brisk walk around the block how many steps did you do today even if you're not even the same area you're doing something that's um you know goading each other on and
0: -hmm. it's
1: interesting sorry just to go ahead go ahead
0: no 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 no. i i did a 5k santa fun run with my nephews and my brother and my brother-in-law and my my nephews are 15 and 12. And they were they they were ahead of me. I, I was the old man at <laughs> <in> the back, <laughs> but I still finished it, which was it's like, it took me thirty six minutes to do five k. My brother said, "My brother said to me, I would have done six or seven k in twenty four minutes." And I'm it's just so funny, but it was good, and it was good to do it. And I'm pleased that I did it. And I was going to train, but <laughs> I just didn't get around to it.
1: That's fine. But I'm um, also I think the important thing I so saw Tony Lewis and I were chatting yesterday on a podcast about this and we were saying that um exercise is you know, we're all looking at how fast we can be or how fit we look or how ripped we are. But actually, you did five K in thirty six minutes. How did you feel afterwards in that in that five minutes hour day? How did you feel over those periods of time?
0: Five minutes after I was knackered, but after that I felt <laughs> <all> right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, but it was a sense of achievement. And it was like I I knew that I wasn't gonna be very good and I knew that I wasn't gonna be the quickest. But it was about it for me in that particular moment, it was about doing something that was a bit of fun, just as Santa Claus, and just and just taking yourself out of an everyday uh, situation work-wise and just doing something and you don't need to like you just said. You know how fast can we do? it, How ripped can we be? How this? How that? Does that really matter? Of course it doesn't. It's at least you're giving it a go. That's the way I look at it. Like I used to train a lot in the gym, and uh, you know, then I get back into the gym and it's like I can lift a quarter of the weight I, I used to be able to do. <laughs> when I first got down the gym, it was like, well, I must look oh, right, swat. <laughs> I
1: know. But it's
0: Goodness. not about that. I, and, and I had to change my own perception and say, right, it's not about, really, people are not looking at you. Who gives a shit? What are you doing? It's about you doing something and you being, you know, it's about you and your mind and and doing something good for you. And and that's, you know, that's the most important thing.
1: It is, massively. There's another podcast that I've been listening to for some time called Diary of a CEO. Um, And it's about a guy who started social chain. He's quite young. He's under 30 still, I believe. But um, he was talking the other day about why he goes to the gym and he gets ripped and he gets into brilliant shape. And then Christmas comes in January and he quits the gym. And he only starts again in, say, May time. And he was trying to figure out, he was like, why do I do this to myself? Why do I work my ass off three or four times a week to end up looking the best I've ever looked and then turn into a fat, lazy slob afterwards? And he actually, you know, he went on a bit of a journey and asked himself this question and sat with it for a little while. And he realized that what he was doing it for was aesthetics. So he'd mm-hmm. want to get fit and healthy just in time for summer. And he'd be like, "Yep, yeah, OK, I'm going to last summer looking decent so I can go on holiday, look like, you know, look, look the best I can look. But then once that was over and done with, he'd lost his very motivation and thought, fuck it, I can't be asked anymore. But actually, he's now changed his outlook and it's a it's it's one that I can subscribe to and it's a case of go to the gym and work out and yeah challenge yourself if you can lift 10 kilo one day lift 15 kilo a couple of weeks later but do it because it makes you feel good and not necessarily like you will inevitably if you feel good then gravity will attract you know opposites attract but also when you're feeling good, the universe has a weird way of actually starting to flow towards you. Have you, like, you found had, yeah. like, you know, like when the when the shit's against you and you walk outside and the bus splashes you and then you drop your phone on the floor and you're like, for fuck's sake, my life is just, it's just fucking bad. Uh, this day's going to be shit. And you get to work and people look at you and they're like, oh, what's his problem? <laughs> but like... Do you know, you know what I mean, though, don't you? Like, I'm laughing because you're
0: right. It's not. You've hit the nail right on the head. It's, it's like. I mean the the bus puddle thing. I think is quite funny.
1: <laughs> no word of a lie. Like the, the other day, so I took the dog out the other day. It been pissing it down with rain, and I live in Somerset, so it's quite rural, muddy, and and wet most of the time. And I stepped outside the front door, and I was wearing beige trousers. So I don't know, <laughs> be, beige trousers. Take the dog out, just showered, feeling good. I actually even put a shirt on to come and work in my office for a day, bearing in mind I'm not seeing anyone. And this car comes past and fucking splashes me. And I was like, I could tell I was having a good day mentally then because I was like, what a dick. Oh, well, never mind. On we go. (laughs) Like this. But if that had happened on a day when I woke up and I was like, oh, it's miserable outside. Oh, fuck it. I can't be arsed. And you get into that negative thought pattern, that would have completely set me off. That would would have been... I'd have been phoning people up and arguing with them i would have been like just um funny but it is like i, I think as you get older and certainly i think if you've ever had mental health issues or you've had um, trials with mental health that you've got over i think you learn to look at life almost from a, an outsider's perspective and once you start looking at it you realize that the universe is this weird way of pointing at you and going here well it's all about that positive mentality and everyone speaks about how you happen to be positive but actually i i personally can change the feeling of a room just by walking into it if i'm in a bad mood i can completely and utterly change it i can my kids will start arguing and you know i'll end up arguing with someone else don't even have to say a word just from how you feel um yeah i went off with a bit of a rant there
0: I think I think one thing that I have become is a lot calmer. I don't through this whole thing, you know. And what will be will be. I look at it. I, I try and look at life like that now, rather than trying to. Why is this person? Whilst and you and I have had this, a, a conversation about this. Why is that person? I used to look at it sometimes and say, "Why well, want what that person's got?" I was never happy with what I had or had achieved. Whilst that is a driver, of course it is. Sometimes you need to be content with what you have and what you have achieved. Whilst I still have drive and ambition, don't get me wrong, and there's certain things that I will, I still want to do within the industry. Uh, for myself, what I'm trying to say, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, is that you know, drivers are important, but try and also not go above and beyond that you can't reach at that point. Once you've achieved one thing, and move on to the next thing and then it, I've got goals where I want to achieve over the next two years for sure. And like I say, I, I'm I have lots of ambition and drive still. And I I haven't lost that. And I suppose through through all of this this year and, and, and the adversity that it's brought, it's given me the fire in my belly again for the industry because I lost my way a lot um through one thing and another. And I, I was disillusioned with the industry as well, whereas now I've got that fire and, you know, to try and make a change within the industry is is an exciting thing. And I think, you know, why, why can't it change? Why does it have to be still like the old school? Why does it have to be um, ruled with an iron fist? Why does it have to be, you know, such regimented hours and stuff like this? You know, like, again, like we were talking about the other day, you know the guys at work there's a lot of banter between me and them and them and me and i think that's important We, you know with the opening of the hotel and the way that it was you know they could take the piss out of me and that was okay there was you know there is a line of course yeah. <laughs> and when service is service then that's it but by the same token it's good to be that they feel that they can do that and then, you know there's a lot of, there's a lot of young kids in there 19 20 23 and it's important that they, that, you know, that they, that they can see that their banter is there and, and that I am a normal human being and not just a head chef that, that has to control the kitchen.
1: What would have happened yeah. if you had provided that level of banter at 23 to your head chef then, back then? What, what, would, have, what would have been the response? It wouldn't have happened. <laughs> you would have probably been taken in the fridge
0: given a few thumps which happened a few times in, in a particular establishment, you know, the industry has changed and, and rightly so, you know, some of the things that I'd seen throughout my career, when you look back at it now, back then it was acceptable because that was what the industry was. And and that was what was, that was, that is what come through the ranks, so to speak. Whereas now, you know, the things, some of the things that I've seen and, and, the way I've behaved is not acceptable. It's not acceptable anymore, you know, and and I accept my part in that. But in order for me to become better and to make a change, I need to change my, how I am as a chef. Otherwise, it's never going to change. And then the youngsters that are coming through the ranks think it's acceptable to behave like that. It's not acceptable. So I think my behaviour, especially when I was hell-bent on getting accolades and wanting to be this and wanting to be that, you know, I was, I it didn't matter who was in my way or what was in my way. I'd just go straight over it. And that's not acceptable. Um, and, it, it, you know, by that, by that, I mean that if I was, if I'm not prepared to change, then how's the industry prepared to change?
1: Yeah, it has to start somewhere. And if, yeah. I mean, the one thing that struck me before I set up the Burnt Chef project was, I mean, obviously I've been working with, uh, with chefs now for, Well, over ten years. Um Hmm. and there was this there's this ethos within hospitality, which is it's never gonna change. So don't fucking bother. Like you can't change anything. So don't don't and I ended up falling out I came to blows massively with a a good mate of mine, Andy, who, you know, he's he's been looking to try and get out of chefing for ages. He's worked in some great establishments, you know, he knows what he's doing. But he was like, Chris, you're fucking wasting your time. You're wasting your life. Don't even bother. It's never gonna change. And all this sort of stuff. And I was like, you're fucking wrong. It will change. He's like, oh, you're a dick. You're so short-sighted. And then I ended up like like a little petty school child. I ran away. Like, no, you're wrong. I'm not talking about it anymore. And um, over a beer later on we were chatting. And he was like, Just firstly, you're a petty little bitch. Don't don't lie like that. we, we you know, us chefs don't do that, so you shouldn't do that. He said uh but here are my reasons and here's why i don't think it will ever change i said yeah but just because the industry has been the way that the industry has been for so long doesn't mean that it can't be doing better you only have to take a look at you know equal rights or you have to take a look at um you know any of those harshest harsher subjects that shouldn't have happened such as you know slavery or you know anything of abuse or anything that now we look at and go even smoking you know you used to be smoking was great it kept the doctor away and it was a great you know post-war pastime but now we look at these things and we go fucking hell that was mad it's like there's no way that those things should have ever happened and i think that we can take a similar lesson with hospitality and go like the things that were happening back when you were a youngster in in hospitality aren't happening as much now they still happen and there's yep. still pockets where that's that's quite rife but it doesn't mean to say that in another 10-15 years with conversations of this nature that we can then get to a, a platform whereby people can choose their working hours you know based on um just going back to that retention thing i was saying earlier on one thing that people can utilize now is data systems whereby it ties in with the reservation system and it ties in with your rotor system so that your rotor system looks at your reservation system and goes, shit, usually Friday is a busy night, but we've only got half the tables. But so these, these slots are available. I've got one member of staff on who's booked. These other spots are available for whoever wants them, who can have them. Mm. And that's all data driven. That takes mm. the personal aspect out of it. And then people can then volunteer for shifts that fit along their hierarchy. Yeah. People, you know, people out there are thinking, oh, that'll never work. People will never book themselves on. I'll be left sorting out the shit all to myself. And it's not a perfect situation, but we need to try it. You know, we need to put it into practice and we need to say, well, that didn't work. But here's a tweak to this that will make this section of it work. Um, You know, it's small things. I was chatting to a chap yesterday, uh, Joseph Workman, who's in in America, and he's written a restaurant operation guide. It's like 63 videos, lessons for free. He's written them and he's published them on YouTube. And he was talking about small tweaks such as physical politeness. And he was saying that how much of a drain it is on individuals within, if you're working at a pass and, you know, your KP's in your way, you'd expect him to get out your way for you because there's this whole hierarchy system in the way. And, you know, that must be really stressful and draining for that KP who is actually just a person like you or I. He's, you know, he shits, he eats, he sleeps. And, well, she shits, she eats, she sleeps. There's no difference. But somewhere along the line, we've, we've, I think because we operate behind closed doors, this hierarchy system has become a way of life, and it ends up putting a lot of additional pressure on people so that if you were just to step out the way of that KP and say, "Hey we okay, go, mate, please feel free to pass, mm. that could actually turn his day completely yeah. around. Yeah, yeah you know oh, no it's massive even saying good morning, goodbye,
0: shaking some well shaking someone's hand or not now because you can't shake people's hands,
1: but <laughs> give them an know. elbow. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, the elbow or the fist pump or whatever the case may be, you know. I think I think it's it, it's about recognizing people as individuals and, and and that they are human beings, whether that's a KP, a head chef, an owner, or whatever the case may be. I think you know there needs to be that that there needs to be that that level of humanity there. I think. I think for me, I think that just before I forget, the, the, the industry is going to suffer quite dramatically, not only from what's going on, but, you know, from the staff shortages and it's how we, you know, that's going to be massive over the coming years, I think. Um, and it's how we bridge that gap right now of, of, of this skilled label or skill set, sorry, that's coming into the industry. And I think we need to work very hard at that. Of how, of how we entice, not entice, of how we get people into the industry. You know, like we were talking about colleges and stuff, the college intake has just dropped dramatically, um, whether that's a number of reasons that, that have been spoken about. Um, but it's how we get them, those numbers back up and make it an industry that people want to come and work in and that want to come and be part of a great... F- family environment i think well
1: it's huge yeah and you and i have spoken a lot about this you know when we go into colleges we've got quite a few colleges um interested we've got quite a lot of online chats going on next year unfortunately which we wanted to do face to face but it's about encouraging these 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 youngsters the future of our industry to accept this as a long term goal but i think you know just spitballing here it's a case of almost like we want to say right on one side of a page, what the what things do we love about hospitality? What are the fucking class things about working in the kitchen or working in front of house? And what are the things that aren't great? And almost like going right now it's written down, we're going to stop the sexual harassment, we're going to stop the bullying, we're going to identify what drug abuse is and addiction is a lot sooner by Mm -hmm. training, we're going to create a culture of um, workplace well being And where we Mm -hmm. actually recognize people as individuals and human beings rather than just a labor force that are expendable. Um, And we go, right, we're going to focus on changing these and you're not going to change them all. And it might take a year or so to change them. But we're going to keep the banter. We're going to keep the, you know, we're going to keep the long hours and getting in the shit. But we're going to balance it out with a work life, proper work life balance rather than just saying, Mm -hmm. right, you did 80 hours this week. Let's see if you can do 90 hours next week. And it's about, you know, because one thing that hospitality has is this bond is this family bond, you know, it's, it's, yeah. you know, it's often, you get referred to as pirates or military or all of these similar sort of backgrounds whereby you are forced in the company of people under such stressful conditions, you can only build a bond or build, or unfortunately, in some cases go the other way. But it's about how we keep that and keep that level of um, family orientated connection but then just cut all the shit out the back end of it
0: yeah and that comes that comes from the from the management the owners the you know this is the senior guys that's that's where that comes from and 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 to stamp stamp out the negativity or the the bad parts of it uh, so that we can like you said all of the the things before you know is 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 that we we as as an industry embrace that change this is
1: this is where perhaps i want to go a step further though like why does it have to be management to that can do that why can't it be you know the junior sue or the cdp or you know the waitress who calls out something like that
0: but they need to understand what that is in order so it can for me it needs to start at the top and then filter down and then yeah. once because if they is that how does that how how they how can they I agree. Everybody in the, it, 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 within the hospitality, whether that's front of house, back of house, should have an understanding of what mental illness is. You know how to recognise addiction, how to recognise the signs of fatigue or whatever the case may be within within our industry. I think, but it needs to. If the management aren't going to embrace it, then how 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 are the juniors expected to? I so I think, um, I think it, whilst I agree wholeheartedly. If they if if the like the junior sous chef or the or the or the waitress or even the pot wash, you know, if 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 the guys at the top are not embracing it or want to to change or you know give, how's that gonna how's that gonna work?
1: Do you think that you know it's everybody, almost...
0: I, everybody should everybody should do it? Like otherwise the wheels fall off.
1: Do you think though, that by the needs of the many and the way that the many behave will ultimately overthrow those to say, for example, you've got a, you know, you've got one of those old fashioned dictators who's at the top of the chain, who's dishing out shit, who's, you know, still thumping people in the, in the walk-in and who is basically using people as cannon fodder. If that was the situation and six, six, seven, eight, nine of that person's staff that actually were acting in a a focused manner that promotes uh, employee positivity, well-being. Do you think that, that that would actually turn the tide on that and cause that person to to end up leaving that role, like their head, that head chef or that management member of staff, to leave the role?
0: That's a good question. Potentially, yes, but potentially no. I don't, I think, I think it could happen depending on the establishment and depending on the ownership. But I also think that it could, it could, blimey. (laughs) Um, You got me there, if I'm honest. I think, I think, yes, it could, but also it is going to make it harder. It's like paddling upstream, swimming upstream, because, you know, all it takes is for one of those guys to say right enough, and then the whole lot can fall off, and then it becomes a problem. But you'd hope, you'd hope that if 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 somebody, let's say the head, let's say it was me and the head chef, and uh, or exec chef, they they could then see that people were trying to change it. Then you'd hope that that individual would then say, "This is not working. Like my attitude is not working." you know, let's try it like this. I think the thing is, is that nobody is too old to change and nobody is too old to learn from somebody lower down. And I think, you know, not only that, I think, I was watching, a. I think we discussed this before, a playbook with that, with the American coach, the basketball coach. And he changed the whole philosophy of a basketball team. The coach, the playbook... The playbook. And he changed the whole philosophy and got everybody, got everybody. He'd taken the philosophy one team to another. And, and he was doing a talk and and a, and a lady come up to him and said, whatever she said, I can't remember how it went. And he used that and researched it and, and the whole thing changed. And they become a title-winning t- team for many years. Wasn't it, was it Ubuntu? That's it, Ubuntu, that's it. Um, so, you know... That, through that, it's a culture and a, and a philosophy, I suppose you want to call it, and that's exactly what what this is about: changing people's perception. Perception is that the right word? Maybe that's not the right word.
1: No, I, I think it is. It is. It's about changing, changing. It's about challenging the old and bringing in the new. And it's not about it's not about creating coups within businesses whereby we're saying to people, you know what, you should overthrow the evil dictator. And, no, no everything will be all right. Sometimes the easiest and best thing for yourself as an individual is to get out of that toxic environment and find somewhere that fits better. Um, And I think that's the other thing that, that strikes me about hospitality is that once people, because you're so, and I've been there myself, you know, I physically and emotionally invest everything that I've got into wherever I work and it keeps me there. It completely Mm -hmm. sticks me there. And, you know, when you first start that job in the first three months, you're like, oh, do you know what? If this doesn't work out, I'll just go get another job. It's fine. There's there's X, Y and Z down the road and it'll be, you know, all or nothing. I've got nothing to lose. But then after two, three years, which I appreciate in hospitality is, is still a fairly long time to be in a job. But after that amount of time, you do start to get blinkered and you start to think there's nothing else out there for me. If I leave this, I'm on my own. I've got nothing, which yeah. is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. No, Abs- absolute bullshit. And I would love, and I think, you know, I'd love to be able to give this pill to people that says, you know, you take this and all of a sudden it takes the blinkers off and goes, actually, you as a human being are so much more self-worth that, you know, there's a hundred other opportunities out there. You just haven't found them yet. And the only way that you're going to find them is by putting yourself out there which requires a great deal of confidence and you know you will get hurt in terms of the fact you'll get declined and and sometimes people won't even respond but it doesn't mean that you should stop trying and and look for something that fits you as an individual better and makes you feel happier and more fulfilled rather than giving everything for very little return.
0: For sure, but then the other on what you'll over time also you'll see that when when other chefs take on the senior positions or or sous chef positions whether or chef to party positions, the transition there'll be more the transitions gathered momentum because those guys are saying, right we don't want this anymore, we want this and then and then that transition starts to gather momentum a lot quicker than it does at the beginning, if that makes sense.
1: So you're almost saying that as a result of the quick turnover of staff, that if you end up keeping a younger, fresher team, then it actually will have a direct impact on culture anyway once, yes. yeah.
0: you know. Um, and then, and then they're, they're, that's your, your platform then as such. Hmm. Because those guys are saying, we're not, we've seen this, like I suppose we're speaking about now, is that those guys have seen it, they don't want it, they want the industry to change and there's it becomes the masses that want it rather than the than the, the smaller got a smaller part of it if that makes sense
1: yeah and you and i have spoken before as well about we all learn through learn behavior right so i learn my mannerisms and the way that i act and and You know adapt from my parents whether it be right or whether it be wrong and i know there's you know there's there's ways that i react to things quite volatile um with a certain level of volatility that are incorrect but i've learned that as a behavior Mm. and i think that what we've got to also address is that as these changes happen and as younger teams come in play or less experienced teams come in play to create this new future then we also need to be perhaps slightly responsible for making sure that these people are trained in the right skill sets yeah. in terms of, you know, managing uh, employees and how to navigate conversations that might be difficult or to, you know, build structures within businesses that might be common within corporate structures, such as working in an office, but on a uh, foreign items to, to hospitality such as one-to-one reviews or you know, performance action plans or wellness action plans um, like we've got on the website. And it's about actually upskilling these people because they might have never had a teacher. They might have just learned from the, the last two or three chefs or, you know, general managers that were ahead of them who didn't know any better themselves.
0: Mm. Mm. And that uh, uh, is it, such a vast topic. And it's such a, uh, uh, there's such a wide area and a number of different things that come into play, like you've just said, you know, training, making people aware of what what is right and the right way to talk to people, the right way to bring something out of somebody, you know, without pushing too hard, you know, offering a hand of, you know, there was an instance at one place I worked at that I could tell this guy was on, was suffering from drug abuse and that he... I'd watched it over a number of times, and through my own experience, I, I said to him one morning, Monday morning it was, because it was always Monday morning that you could he wouldn't turn up or he was late, or there was a common pattern that happened over a number of weeks. And I and I, we started a conversation over a number of weeks because I didn't want to push too hard, and from that conversation over a number of weeks, he, he actually turned around to me and said, you're very good. And I didn't take that. What he meant by that is that I, I recognized it and I offered to help him. He didn't want my help, but I offered it. And that's as far as I could take it because I didn't want to push it. But what I'm trying to say is that it's about recognizing and understanding, uh, and you know, talking, uh, talking to somebody on a level from an experience that you have and saying, right, okay, how can I help you? And recognizing those signs. And I think that's a, a massive part of what some of the training that needs to happen within the industry is, is recognising different situations. And not only that, being able to talk to them on a level, whoever that is, you know, without going into too punchy or, and being human about it. And taking away this macho-dominated thing and always having an open-door policy that people can come and talk to you, you know... I give the guys my phone number and if they need anything, you know, or there's an issue, then they can call me. You know, those type of things. It's about being human.
1: And it's perhaps not something that many people within our industry think about. You're always thinking about how to sharpen your knife better, how to get better with your mise en place, how to handle the sauce section better, how to, you know, fillet the fish more efficiently. But I don't think that we ever sort of look at how do we speak to people? How yes. do we listen to people better? How do we become more effective communicators? um I guess we like for myself out of curiosity like are you is this an area that you're focusing on yourself at the moment? like how to improve in terms of just your general day to day communication with staff?
0: yeah, I think so i think I think you know and it comes from that wanting to change thing is that you know we can all go in. And start you know um, beasting people or looking at people and saying, Well, you're late, you're this, this is wrong, that's wrong. Whereas it's about why are things, you know, if there's a to put a new team together, you don't know these people. So in order to communicate, in order for me me to communicate better, I need to take a step back and, and look at the individuals, assess them as as a human being and and as a chef of course but you know if you haven't got that humanity then you're not going to get the best out of your staff you're not i don't get it right all the time let's get that right i'm not i'm not saying i'm perfect because i'm not
1: you're not the oracle just yet
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but if i do if i am wrong then i'll say i'm sorry and i'm wrong if i make a mistake i say i've made a mistake because it's important that they can see that i you know i like to think that i leave from the front, you know. I can smash on plus out along with the guys, and they can see that as a, as a, I'd like to think they see that as an attribute.
1: Um, and they say so. It's about showing that you can get in there and get in the trenches, but also at the same time, you're vulnerable and you're not perfect.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I make a mistake. So I say I've made a mistake, or, you know, it's about, and then, and then learning them as an, as each member of the team is an individual and how they are and how they, how what what they respond well to you know what they don't respond well to um you know your levels of communication need to be clear and you need to you you know you need to be able to um be be an open book and and to say right you know the the, these guys are working too hard you need to pull back or you need to be able to drive them or it's how you drive them without shouting at them and you encourage them encouragement is sorry encourage them not drive them but how you encourage them (laughs) (laughs) no no it's true yeah yeah. it's those those terminologies you know and we've got a young girl and she's 19 and i swear to god she's 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 going to be one of the good ones if she's nurtured properly and you can see that they're all good guys but she's she, she's she's nineteen and she and she's a young girl, but she's 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 got a character about her, and but yet you need to develop her in a different way than you would develop the guys because she doesn't just because of her personality and it's understanding her personality, and I think this is part of what I'm I'm probably going round and round and getting tied up a bit, but it's about understanding each team member as an individual and not as a collective. Man. And for me it's about you know I have to develop myself in order to get the best out of them.
1: I think that's class.
0: That's what I was trying to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think I think you nailed it. Like I think for me my perspective is that hospitality is very reactive industry and it's always we're always I mean the bloody pace that we work out within hospitality is so much quicker than any other industry that I've had. I've had the luxury of working in. And I think by nature, we're always looking for quick results, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I think I think by honestly, if you take a chef's brain, things need to be done, and they need to be done now. And they need to be done within this two or three hour window to to, to get to be effective, basically. But I think it's also being able to look at people my brain's ticking now straight away. But I think it's being able to look at people and know that those same results aren't necessarily something that you can get within the same time period. And it might be 234 weeks, couldn't Mm -hmm. take a couple of days. Mm -hmm. But it's about actually going what can be fixed quickly now by direct by direct approach. And what actually requires some some better relationship with my staff uh some uh, safer environment for them to be for free to fail and to to build rather than just saying don't make that fucking mistake now like
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: about actually nurturing and as you say growing those individuals so that they're not then put off or, or learn the wrong lessons moving forward
0: mm-hmm. and a, a a prime example is is that um So I said, what's on your list? This was a week ago, obviously. She said, well, I haven't got much, I've got all day. (laughs) I have got all day to do. So how- (laughs) That's
1: not the, firstly, wrong answer.
0: (laughs) Exactly, wrong answer. And inside I've laughed, but I haven't laughed. So I've taken a step back, walked off and thought, how do I deal with this now? (laughs) (laughs) Came back and explained that that's not quite what the way it works is. <laughs> is that um, you may have all day but you don't need to take all day to do two jobs so to speak and it was yeah. explaining that she's a young girl and it's like it was just about trying to explain that and you know that you can help others and that you can all get out for a break and blah 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 but it was just the the the, the answer just took me aback a bit
1: <laughs> As I say, you were at 19 years old working working in kitchens for the first time it's not what you would have said like sort of 15 20 years ago isn't no exactly it? Like, You'd be exactly. like, you know, no chef. I got plenty to do, chef. Like, you know, I'm going to be cleaning this floor in a second as well for you. But she's like, I don't know. Like, where, where's the urgency?
0: It's exactly, it's exactly that. It's like, oh dear. how do I deal with this one now? I've heard that answer before.
1: Well, no, but I think you know that's the mentality of 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 the new wave. It's it's those that perhaps have a flair or a passion for hospitality or want to consider it as a career um maybe take it a little bit more serious than those who dip their toes in the water and may be still deciding but it's about you know how we rather than scare that young 19 year old off and say well actually you know this isn't the right career for you if you can't give me the right answer it's about actually saying here next time these are the things that we can do and and this is you know this is how we can we can develop and give you more stuff and you know why don't we perhaps spend two minutes or five minutes or half an hour learning how to do this Really? um and then next time you're in charge of that and here's some responsibility for you
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, rather than just firing through these you know this because i use the term millennials i don't know what the correct term now is for people who are who are sort of in their 20s or early early uh, late teens but i think you know i heard i heard one the other day he'd <laughs> been at work two hours i went to i uh, went to his head chef and said ah oh, chef um what time's what time's break and uh, how long how long do I get and the chef turned around to me and went what the fuck is this why is this so crazy and I was like well actually in any other industry if someone turned t- turn up to you and say what time what time would break me please and how long do I get it's a perfectly normal reasonable question um but within hospitality it's just it's it's perhaps not necessarily the done thing it was like how do I how do i deal with this like back in my day i used to do 12 14 hour days and now they're asking me what break time is after two hours i'll like, say yeah but that's the future of our industry and we need to try and negate that and work yeah. around that somehow and you know it may not may not necessarily mean uh, off you go snowflake go and have a have a two hour break on me it might mean well it's not going to be for four hours and here's what i expect to be done in that period of time for sure it's it's just about becoming perhaps a little bit more delicate and a little bit more diplomatic with the responses now
0: i definitely i definitely you know like we've spoken about it's a big it's a big liner to turn around but it can be done for sure and it, you know the whole industry in years to come will be a better would definitely be a, um a better environment for people but i and again we've spoken but it only comes from people like yourself doing burnt chef project and stuff, you know, where, where, where it starts, you know, because without people like that with, without the Burnt Chef project, then there's, then there's not a voice of, or the start of a voice to change the industry. So, you know, that's what I believe.
1: No, uh, it takes a bit like Lady Godiva. Right. It took her riding, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but she's riding topless in front of, or uh, through the streets of Coventry, wasn't she? <laughs> well, no, naked fully naked Lady Godiva you know and no one would have ever expected that and people looked at her and went she's fucking mad absolutely mad and now look where we are
0: yeah exactly
1: you know um my references might be completely and utterly fluffed I mean psychology I was okay at history awful
0: I and... naked either. So...
1: <laughs> 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 Mate, well you're doing well with your chef in keep it up <laughs> one, one day you'll, you'll be you know you'll be working some of the best places in the UK and abroad <laughs> but no it's um i think it's, it's before i finish i want to ask you something that um you can have a, you can have a, a few seconds to sort of think about this the answer to this question if you knew what you knew when you were 19 years old what would you what would you say to yourself
0: i'd say to myself um never be afraid to speak up for sure. And, and also never be afraid to speak up, never be afraid to feel that you are vulnerable and that you can't talk about something and that you are, I think fundamentally, it would be a case of, you know, I hid away, um, my, my thoughts on why I was too frightened to speak up, too frightened to ask for help i was too too macho dominated in my own in my own self that i didn't feel that i felt that i was coping with stuff when really it was just eating me away inside so i think to to never be afraid to speak up and to say i'm in trouble or that i need help or you know but also to follow your dreams and and be determined in what you want to do but i you know you need to, there's a balance there between um an ego and, and managing that and also um being that being a vulnerability about you as well and i think you know if for me what i knew now to what i know now about myself is that you know i've i've i'm a lot stronger for going through what i went through and it's probably made me, well, it hasn't probably, but it's made me a better person for sure in all walks of life. But that came probably a little bit too late, Well, not probably, it came too late because I didn't, like I've said before, and I continue to say because I didn't speak up and I didn't ask for help because I felt I was dealing with it. And I suppose now there are avenues to speak up or to, you know, where you can go and talk and never hide never keep it in because that's very dangerous thankfully i managed to turn it around
1: mate thank you very much
0: thank
1: you (laughs) it's been an absolute pleasure having you on every single time we talk we um and i could probably go on for another couple of hours i know you and i have got a lot of not only things to say but a lot of plans in terms of how Mm -hmm. we can put our two pence on on the future of hospitality and Mm -hmm try to make it a more enjoyable and safer environment for people to work in so that ultimately more people come to work, you know, Um, I genuinely want this industry not to be the, you know, the third largest in the world or the UK, but the largest because it's just such a unique and creative and busy and fast paced and enjoyable and stressful and everything else that goes with it but i think if we can just tweak the bits out that make it a danger to people in terms of their own well-being and also encourages those who perhaps dip their toe in the water to stay for longer then i think we'll be on to um, you know i think we'll be on to a good thing and if the uk can champion this and and get behind this and build this then hopefully it will provide enough inspiration for others to follow
0: no exactly exactly thank nice. you so much thank hey. you
1: as usual, mate, thank you ever so much. And um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll catch up soon.
0: You
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Adam Simmons as we discussed uh, a whole myriad of different things to do with hospitality. I think there's a lot to be hopeful for in the future of hospitality and I think that there's some really good points raised within this. So I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, to learn more about the Burn Chef project, please head over to our website, www.burntchef.com theburntchefproject.com where you'll find a whole host of resources and some cool merch that you can purchase to support our ongoing work in training people with mental health and management skills. Thank you and we'll see you again soon.